Hello, this is the HSJ Health Check podcast and I'm your host, Annabelle Collins. This week, I'm joined by Lawrence Dunhill to talk in more detail about the Lucy Letby case, with a particular focus on the response of the senior leaders at the Countess of Chester Hospital. The themes that have emerged and questions that are still to be answered. Lawrence, you've been leading our coverage of this. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'd highly recommend your very detailed timeline of events from when concerns were first raised in 2015, right up until the verdict, when Letby was found guilty of seven murders and seven attempted murders. The case has raised huge questions about how managers responded to the concerns raised by consultants at the trust. Could you outline what the broad allegations are against the managers? Yeah, sure. And I I think it's important to say sort of at the outset that so far we haven't heard detailed responses from the executives that they've they've been sort of given the chance to respond briefly to the media. Um, But but they've all said they will cooperate with the um, public inquiry that the government have ordered. I think it's just important to make that clear. but broadly, the, the the kind of key failings seem to be that for many months, they, there were several paediatric consultants raising concerns that they believed that there was a member of staff, Lucy Letby, harming, deliberately harming and trying to harm babies in the neonatal unit. And I think fundamentally, they they just did not take those concerns seriously enough that that's that does seem to be the that, that's certainly the allegation and on the evidence that we've seen so far it does seem as though that that was the case um and then there was a, a it seems there was a, also an error not to involve the police at an earlier stage which which follows on from not taking the concerns seriously enough i think if they had involved the police at an earlier stage they they wouldn't be seeing the criticism that they have that they have been in the press. Um, there, I think it's it, it's tricky because they had a duty of care towards Lucy Letby. She she submitted an internal grievance against the consultants, and there wasn't clear evidence um, against her at the time. And and the management was sort of calling out or asking the consultants repeatedly well what's your what's the evidence against let let be and it it was all sort of circumstantial evidence um and it's it's sort of easy to to look back in hindsight and say what they should have done um but at the time it was it was a moving picture and it was a it was a complex situation um and so the the this was this was difficult stuff and it's this is not that these are not sort of everyday matters either this is you know a once in a once in a hundred year of event or once in a generation event where where something unthinkable has has happened um but it, it you know it 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 does seem there were there were mistakes such as not to involve the police more uh, earlier not to take the consultants seriously and there was a it seems like there was a key point in in february 2016 before two the last two babies had died when um the consultants asked for a meeting with the medical director and the nursing director and they didn't hear back for three months 
and and so that seems a sort of a clear point at which something probably should have happened earlier and and I think we need to know why that why that didn't happen and we need to hear from them. And at any point did the consultants take their concerns externally or was it dealt with within the trust you know throughout throughout all of this? Yeah as far as we know that the, and, the, and the evidence of the that the consultants have presented is that it, that they didn't take the case to the police themselves that they wanted to they wanted to persuade the executives to 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 back them in doing that um sure that they went to nhs england that it, there's no evidence that that happened uh, or nhs improvement as it was at the time mm. it there is evidence that they that the mortality rates were mentioned to the CQC during in, an inspection in February 2016 uh, from the from the consultants, um, but that is disputed by the CQC, which says it has no record of the high mortality rates uh, being mentioned. The CQC does say that the consultants mentioned issues about raising concerns with with uh, senior managers. Um, so, so that is confirmed, but the sort of specific concerns about high mortality rates in, in the neonatal unit and or about an individual um, causing those high mortality rates, there's not there's not unconflicting evidence that that that, that was raised at the time. Um, and the CQC went on to rate the, rate the children's services and the maternity services as good after that inspection. Um, which I guess would have given the execs some assurance that the, um, you know, that the that the unit was a was a good unit and was functioning well. And as we've reported during this time period, there were multiple reviews that were done. I think a mix of internal and external, but still they they didn't find anything conclusive to explain what was going on but part of this I understand might have been because of the terms of reference of the reviews could you just take us through them yeah so it see it does seem like there were some missed opportunities with the with the reviews that were um commissioned or or, or put in place after the pediatricians had raised concerns that i mean it, it does show that some action was taken and and that the executives did did agree that the department need to be looked at um, but we, we know of um, an internal review for instance in um, 2016 which noted sort of higher acuity levels higher activity levels and short staffing that all could have contributed to the higher mortality rates but this this review was was it took a sort of overview of the department it didn't look at specific cases or individuals um individual members of staff which is what the which is what the consultants wanted um subsequent to that there was another review commission from the royal college of pediatrics and child health um but again that was a, a sort of thematic review of the department and found mm. general general concerns but again did not look at the uh, specific case reviews that the pediatricians were worried about um and in that review it said a uh, it said a more detailed review of the case of the specific cases should be it actually recommended what the what the pediatricians wanted um more detailed case reviews and then a, a consultant from great ormond street was 
was brought in to do that. Mm. Um, and she identified four cases that where the deaths couldn't be explained and 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 said these that they could benefit from a more forensic review, so implying some sort of criminal investigation. Um, but it it seems as though that didn't happen uh, for whatever reason. This this was after the after Letby had been removed from the ward, so mm. so the kind of issues around these reviews weren't af- weren't affecting whether more more babies had been harmed or not. Um, but but just the length of time that it took for police to be called in. Um, and so th- there's another question about whether whether these reviews were sort of had enough teeth to actually get to the to get to the core issue or were they or were they set up in a way that was designed to never sort of bite the bullet and and just sort of make the concerns go away? Mm. Yeah, it's it must be really hard to say. But yeah, were they was it that the evidence wasn't there for them to be so focused or was it that they just didn't want to? The managers didn't want didn't want a very specific review looking at an individual. I don't it, I, I kind of try to understand why they were so broad when there was, yeah. you know, there was there were clearly very specific concerns about this increased mortality rate of of babies. Yeah. And, and and that is what is unclear and I think needs some sort of detailed questions put to the execs. But in the and only, I think only in the inquiry can do that, really, because mm. probably understandably the execs aren't going to trust media uh, journalists to to be fair to them and ask those questions. So they'll want to talk to the to the inquiry uh, once that gets going and put their mm. side across and, and explain why these reviews didn't quite get to the issue. Mm. Um, I think I think another really important thing is that that all along the execs were saying, look, wh- where's the where's the hard evidence? Mm. Um, that the, the, the consultants were were raising concerns about Letby always being present on the ward during the incidents, um, and perhaps understandably the, the the execs were saying, well, you can't accuse someone of of these sorts of things without without kind of pretty concrete evidence mm. and um there, w- there there was a lack of that at the time unfortunately because it's it subsequently emerged that the evidence was there um and so after there'd only been three deaths um there there was another collapse of a baby um which had been caused by insulin poisoning and and that was not noticed at the time in the clinical governance processes. Um, and ha- had it been, that would have raised that should have raised a huge red flag, and pr- and possibly provided the the kind of hard evidence that the that the execs wanted. Mm. This uh, th- it was only discovered about two years later once the police investigation had got going. And they had a more thorough look at all the documentation and and all the records of of the care that the babies had had. Um, so, so why and, had and it again, been... sorry, sorry, go you go on. No, I was just two years is such a long time for something so serious to go unnoticed. Why was that? Was it poor record keeping? What? 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 Yeah. Why? That so that isn't quite clear yet, but. Mm. 
yeah, it, it, it seems as though they're after, after a, an unexplained death, there should be thorough investigations and blood tests and um, and those records then checked thoroughly um, and, and documented well. And, and somewhere in that process, something's gone wrong, which meant that the that the synthetic insulin in this in this baby's blood was was not noticed or the significance of the high insulin levels w- w- wasn't noticed when it when it should have been mm. and, it, and it also happened again in april 2016 so so after there'd been five deaths there was another insulin poisoning which caused the collapsed and and that was again only noticed once the police investigation started so so it happened twice um and that i think that says you know there's a hugely complex question about the trust's clinical governance and their safety reporting culture which is incredibly difficult to untangle when it happened so many years in the past i was kind of wondering as well whether obviously now we have the um the existence of the um healthcare safety investigations branch so hsip commonly referred to I wonder whether that would have made a difference because they often take they, you know they have their maternity investigations program and I think I under, as I understand it some of the babies the baby deaths would have been investigated by them because of the the age of the babies and maybe that that would have helped it just seems that there maybe there's more in place now to kind of catch this sort of mm. terrible mistake but I mean it's obviously it's very hard to say to apply to apply it you know to something that happened in the past so what happened next what happened um perhaps when the police did get involved in terms of trust leadership? So the police investigation started in May 2017 after quite a lot of pushing from the from the consultants and, and eventually it was accepted by the by the execs. Um, it, it then kind of ran for about a, a year with, with no no change at the trust that it would have been an incredibly complex investigation. Um, in 2018, then um, the the medical director Ian Harvey uh, retired, and with Tony Chambers, it's it's understood that evidence the evidence from the consultants is that that they were raising they had started raising concerns with the chair Sir Duncan Nicholl about the the management's response to their concerns about Let Be, and. Um, we learned that there was a there was due to be a vote of no confidence in Tony Chambers in sort of autumn 2018, uh, but that he resigned shortly before that meeting. And and then in late 2020, 2018, uh, Susan Gilby stepped up to the CEO role. She'd come from uh, the neighbouring trust, where all the university hospitals. Um, so she became Juzek at the Countess, and it, it, according to Susan Gilby, it then she she then was the sort of first exec who really believed the consultants. I think up until then, she suggested that the that the trust was still expecting the police investigation not to go anywhere, and and for there not to be charges against Letby. Um, but she she said she she came in and did believe the consultants and thought kind of realized the realized that some that the, the, there had been some significant failings in the trust response 
and more broadly, what what was Susan Gilby's story? I suppose she was at the trust from twenty eighteen until late last year. Mm. And so, as I, sorry, as I understand it, there are some questions around other other aspects of kind of leadership and quality within the Countess of Chester. Yeah. So after Susan Gilbert took over, um, the she, she obviously led, led the trust through coronavirus, and, and the Council of Chester was extremely hard hit um, in in the first year, eighteen months of of COVID. I think probably one of the hardest hit trusts in the country. Um, and so that that was an incredible, incredibly difficult time to deal with. Mm. Um, they 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 then in the recovery from COVID have really struggled. That that their performance has been poor on on several of the sort of main metrics, um, especially electives and cancer. Um, and they've also struggled on the finances, uh, not not being able to meet the um or sign up for the sort of control totals that nhs england have wanted them to and last year there was an inspection by the cqc and the the trust was rated fairly badly kind of across across the board there was a lot of, there was a lot of requires improvements um but they were also rated inadequate for maternity and inadequate for leadership overall um, now, I, I spoke to um, some people at the trust privately after that inspection, and they felt it was very unfair and harsh that in the in the inspection report, the difficulties that the trust had experienced during COVID wasn't even mentioned. And so there was sort of no, it felt like there was no acknowledgement that actually this trust had had a really rough time during COVID. Um, Nevertheless, the, the CQC inspect the services as they find them um, and their findings were what they were. Um, it then emerged later last year, um, so towards the end of 2022, that uh, Susan Gilby had fallen out. Um, there'd, been, there'd been a breakdown in relations with the chair, Ian Haythornthwaite, and she has subsequently launched an employment tribunal against the trust and him personally. Um, okay. accusing him of bullying um, and, and sort of intimidatory behaviours. Um, and I'm not sure when that's going to be heard, but th- that is that is sort of pending now. And and she has left the trust. And, and I don't you know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and hope, yeah, hopefully the employment tribunal will sort of get to the get to the truth of it. Yeah. And, and it sounds from what you said that some of the trust's problems are entirely unrelated to the Letby case. There are questions of um, cancer, elective, any performance, you know, performance um, problems that all trusts are kind of tackling with. It sounds like there's an, an awful lot going on. Um, is it under any sort of kind of oversight scheme from NHS England? I mean, what what now for the trust? Do you think it's going to have more focus on it, more attention on it because of everything that's happened and its current challenges? It, it, I mean, it will certainly certainly has more attention on it. Um, as far as far as the sort of maternity and the neonatal wards concerned, but it's it's been downgraded now, so it, it no longer takes the most um, sort of vulnerable babies. Oh wow! Um, re- reputationally, it's certainly not not in a good place after this because it's 
you know, just the, the, the volume of negative headlines is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, it has a an interim CEO in place in Jane Tompkinson, who's come from Liberal Heart and Chest, who is mm. um, widely respected in the in the region. And um, maybe she can turn things around uh, too early to say, probably. I wonder whether because with after mid staffs the trust was renamed and it and it kind of became a different trust and kind of I know it's not as, as simple as that some bits of it kind of changed quite substantially as well but I wonder whether you think there's that could be on the cards in the future for Countess of Chester because as you said it's it, the, the the damage done to not only public confidence but to, to staff as well I imagine that you've spoken to staff members working there at the moment must be incredibly difficult and I imagine the staff having you know are needing real support just to kind of go to work and live through it um mm. yeah I wonder what what you think its future could look like yeah I think possibly it it's it's different it's a different situation to mid-staffs because of that course, was yeah. really sort of you know it was the whole hospital and it was a real system failure yeah and, yeah, and there yeah. is the, there are certainly elements of system it, it certainly appears there are elements of system failure in this but at the, at the center of it is is an individual who who has been convicted of murder and and mm. and and I don't think there's any there's, there's no one suggesting that all of those uh crimes could have been prevented um if 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 a if a clinician is intent on murdering a patient there's only i'm not sh- i'm not sure you can stop that happening at first you could you should be able to stop it happening repeatedly but yeah. the but the first cases i'm not sure what you can do um yeah yeah and so and so it it doesn't feel like the sort of situation the same sort of situation as mid staffs is i think there probably is a way back for the the counters of chester um one thing that I think would be interesting to watch is that um, after mid-staffs, there was a, well, sort of in the middle of mid, the mid-staff scandal, there was a change in government and the Conservatives came in and used mid-staffs to slam Labour's record on the on the NHS and, and made it a, 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 a huge issue um, and a huge talking point and a sort of, it was a cause celeb for Jeremy Hunt and perhaps there's a people in the Labour Party now will be thinking can we use what's happened at the Countess of Chester and and the sort of system failings around it to uh, criticise the the Tories record on the NHS whether whether they need much more material to do that Mm. with with all the um, performance metrics possibly not but um that would be interesting to watch maybe they will pick this up as a theme Mm. which won't particularly help the Kansas of Chester. So in terms of how it's all been reported over the last week or so what are some of the the things that the media are focused on particularly in in casting blame um, after the verdict? Yes I suppose predictably and and given what we've been discussing um, with with the with the seemingly huge failings around the response to the concerns, um, there ha- there's been a, a, a massive focus on the on the executives, the counters at the at the time. You know the the sort of 
store stories going into the sort of pension pots that they now have the t- the value of the homes that they live in and mm. um you know that that kind of tabloid style reporting um and amid that there's been a call for a new call for regulation of management which is an interesting one um i'm i'm not sure whether it would have a sort of management regulator would have made any difference in this case um because nothing nothing at the time was proven against um tony chambers or ian harvey or Alison kelly and still still isn't to to date because there hasn't been a proper hearing um lots of the questions have been about how you know how was tony chambers able to take on interim roles at other trusts in the last few years how has Alison kelly been able to um work at the northern care alliance um but i i don't I don't personally see how a, how regulation of managers would have prevented that from happening, if if indeed it, it should have happened, um, because there hasn't been a, a sort of an investigation into them at this stage. Um, but you you know more about the the Kark recommendations where he I think he called for the regulator, didn't he? And mm-hmm. what's your take on it? Yeah. So his review in 2019 he one of his recommendations was a a register for managers to deal with and this is me quoting Kark um, for a piece he wrote for HSJ but to deal with serious matters such as serious dishonesty deliberate victimization or harassment but as you said there was no hard evidence against these managers so I'm not entirely sure how even if they had been on a register there would have been any proof that they'd have done anything in conflict with it and also um, I think it's really important to note that the other executives we've, we've talked about the nursing director and the medical director were on professional registers themselves and mm. I think and as I understand it I think they were referred mm. at separate points over the years previously but nothing there wasn't it wasn't taken forward so it kind of suggests that actually in this case regulation wasn't the answer Mm. um and also I think with manager regulation it's it's like it could be quite an easy sort of PR win I suppose for ministers to be to say oh you know we're doing something about this we're going to stop these bad apples and it's like well I don't I just don't I just don't think that in this case it would help maybe in, in other cases perhaps it would um it might stop the and I know this is a huge cliche but kind of the the recycling of the revolving door sorry of of managers in the NHS which is certainly an issue but I th- I think the problems were before were what happened at Countess of Chester um rather than when they 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 moved on to other other jobs um yeah, I think they probably still could have moved on to other jobs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's it feels like it's often the knee-jerk reaction. Um, and I know that, you know, as as we mentioned, and I don't want to make another comparison, but with, as you said, in mid-staffs, it was a systemic problem. Um, but in this, it seems so much more complex. And this seems like a very, would be a very broad brush reform that perhaps you know I think um, I was talking to John Restall who's head of um, the managers managers union and he was saying that well this is an incredibly complex thing to figure out and it would need the full attention of the government and systems leaders to to do it and to do it well Mm. you know you need to do a huge amount create a body create um, standards 
work out who you're going to regulate revalidation and he's not convinced that leadership and government have the have the sort of motivation to do it so Mm. it's an interesting one but yeah I'm not sure it was the answer one thing that's come up quite a lot was I've just noticed a lot of clinicians commenting on on the letter case and uh, Mm. rightly out sort of outraged at the allegations against um the, the trust execs that, that that they were threatening to refer the consultants to the gmc um mm. because they they felt like they were treating let be unfairly mm. um and it it does seem as though there's a lot of resentment between the the clinical mm. side uh, well on on the on behalf of the clinical side in in that managers are not regulated like they are and and there's a sense a sort of deep sense of unfairness in that and, yeah and and you know whether it so it may it may be a good thing to do just independently of this case um and that might be one one of the arguments for it that it's kind of evens the playing field up in a way and and so doctors don't feel like it's very easy to to victimize them um, mm. that, that it kind of goes both ways i think yeah i think there are a couple of interesting things that i think the the breakdown in relationship between clin- senior clinicians consultants particularly and managers and that's a key theme i'm sure i've certainly seen in other trusts not with such catastrophic consequences sometimes it can just be within a department but it can have huge impl- implications on on the the, the running of the trust and on patient care um I don't know I don't have any answers to that but it just seems like something that's really come out of this story really strong but also kind of I suppose the purpose of regulation um and you know again like the GMC and the NMC didn't didn't get involved even though referrals were made so I suppose maybe there's a conversation to be had about is regulation fit for purpose as it stands kind of in the NHS are regulators focusing on the right things what what should they be regulating and yeah I totally understand the argument well if we're being regulated why shouldn't they Mm. but I suppose I don't know maybe the difference is that the kind of the clinical competencies I suppose it's it's much it's much more tricky to 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 define management responsibility perhaps because it's it's just it's a different career Um, perhaps the public inquiry should will and should look at that uh, sort of those sort of questions around the professional re- regulation and yeah 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 I think that would be really welcome um all right I think that's a good point to to um bring the podcast to a close this week but thanks very much Lawrence and just a reminder to listeners do get in touch with us if there's something you'd like to see us discuss or if you have a question for our team thanks very much for listening and see you next time <laughs>